Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of After Start Paranormal Podcast. Today I am joined again by Vicky. Hello everyone, thanks for joining us. In today's um, episode, we're going to be discussing the controversial uh, subject of Ouija boards. Um, so Vicky, do you want to start off by giving us your opinion? Well, for me, I think Ouija boards have had a very bad rap, and that's due to a lot of those horror films that yeah, are out I there. Yeah, definitely agree. Um but on the other hand, I'd have to say that Ouija boards aren't something to be taken lightly. And if you're going to go down that route of using a Ouija board, then you really need to know what you're doing. It needs to be opened properly and it needs to be closed down properly. And most of all, you and the other people that are using it need to make sure that you have protection around yourselves while you're doing that board and you have to be extremely careful that you don't open up a portal or a doorway that you then don't close so for me it's it's not a toy even though it has been marketed as a toy yeah in some places it's been sold as a toy and there's been a lot of controversy here in england at the moment because a local budget shop which i won't name um has been in the papers because they were selling ouija boards for a pound um I think a lot of people did complain about that subject yeah. and I think they have been removed, luckily, uh, from the shelves now. Obviously, doing what we do, we know the dangers of what can happen if they're done incorrectly. Um, so I think a lot of people in our community stepped up and said, you know, look, bear in mind, kids can go and buy these. It's not yes. a good idea. Even though they turned around and said, well, it's not in the toy section, that doesn't make any difference. You're marketing it with all your Halloween yeah. decorations and stuff. Um, I've dealt with cases in the past of people that have done really stupid things with Ouija boards and have had bad things happening to them and have come to me for help to try and find out what they've done and move those things away from them. But that that's something that we could be <laughs> here for some time talking about. Yeah. The thing that I think people find so interesting about the Ouija board and they just they keep coming back to is there's it's been imprinted in pop culture that, you know, it's a gateway to heaven and hell to, to summon angels, to summon devils, to summon, summon loved ones. And I mean, you can date back the history of the Ouija boards back to the, the early 1800s, even before that. Um, I know, as we spoke about before, it was commonly used in China as a automatic writing board. And that's how they believed to communicate to the dead. And then it wasn't until about 1967 it was brought over into the US mainstream. Um, and then it kind of exploded in, um, you know, the 1980s and things like that. Um, but, it, I mean, it was... Uh, surrounded in so much mystery until about 1886 when it got marketed and even then people were still very skeptical about it regardless of their religion because that's another thing that can come into this is your religion of you know talking to the dead you know yes yes and there was a real insurgent of the ouija board during the american civil war 
Um, if you can imagine the amount of men that died during the Civil War and a lot of bodies didn't have any ID on them. And so it took off with families using Ouija boards to try and connect with those that sure. never returned because they believed that if the body had no ID on it and they couldn't find where their loved one was, then their soul would be restless and they couldn't move on. So that was a reason why Ouija boards took off so much during the American Civil War, because a lot of people were trying to connect with those that never returned in the hope that they could help them to move on and set their spirits free. Yeah, no, definitely. I think, like I said, it's that fascination with the portal of being able to communicate with the dead or a loved one, because let's be honest, nobody knows what happens when you die. And supposedly, you know, you can can get the answers from using this board. Um, And I think that's why it's quite controversial, because, like we've said before, if if it's used incorrectly, we've both dealt with people that have used it wrong and suffered some severe consequences. Yes, definitely. I mean, I'm sure we can both tell a story soon, but I've had, I know, a story of someone that, you know, bought an Ouija board and decided to use it completely mishandled it and they're not with us anymore and it's supposedly related to the activity they had with the board so i I dealt with a case of a mother who came to me in relation to her teenage daughter who her and her friends thought it was a good idea one night for fun to go to a local graveyard do ouija board cut their fingers and do a blood i've heard many stories of things like that yeah and then the young girl was her mental health state deteriorated over the next six months to the point where she was self harming. She was convinced that something was chasing her, was suppressing and around her all the time, and she tried to kill herself on several occasions. So I was asked to look into that case, and because these children, well, I say children, these teenagers had actually burnt and destroyed the board, yeah, thinking that would solve the problem. Set them free more In than anything, fact, it, it made it worse because they couldn't close the, what they'd opened, the doorway. They couldn't close that down because they had destroyed the board. So we ended up having to refer them to our local, their local spiritualist church and seeking help from some mediums and spiritualist to move forward so like i say don't mess around with these things regardless um, if you believe re- in it or not right re- yeah regardless because they didn't believe in it they were very disrespectful and they thought it was all a big laugh and a joke until things then started happening to them afterwards so i've always said to people you know I don't have a problem with using boards. I've worked with other investigators which will not even be in the same room as a board. And that's fine because everybody has their own opinion. Everybody, you know, we'd never make anyone do anything that they don't want to do. I've been with investigators that won't touch a Ouija board. Um, That's why I, I always say before I even do a board session with people, um, I explain 
the rules. I explain the way that I do it and that I open it, that I then will close it down. And if at any point I think something sinister or untoward is coming through, immediately I jump back on and I will close the board down. So please, guys, don't, after listening to some of these stories and listening to this podcast, please don't go out and buy a board and think that this is a bit of a laugh and it's something to play around with and it's a toy because believe you me it it's not no it's certainly not um i mean i just want to quickly touch back on maybe the history a little bit of of the board um i i mean back in the 1890s i believe it was there was a medium called helen peters who did a Ouija board session at the time it wasn't known as an Ouija board um but they did a session with the spirit board and, you know, they, Helen asked, what should we call the board? And it spelled out Ouija. So that's commonly why the board is called Ouija. It then got marketed as Ouija, so Ouija board. It, they also asked what Ouija meant, and it supposedly means good luck. Um, which, when you think about it, it's, that's a positive. It's a good luck. It's not yeah. seen. Back in the day, back in the, 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 um, the 1800s and early 1900s, it was not seen as a bad object like it is today because today it's seen as a very taboo kind of item i would say but Uh, even the victorians i mean there was a real resurgence in spirituality with the victorians and you know they saw seances ouija boards mediums this was a real positive thing for them and it was something that you know most people would gather together and would partake in and they really you know really were very respectful of the dead and things like that back then yeah definitely i mean i've got a a fact that's quite interesting in front of me i mean so in 1967 the ouija board outsells monopoly wow if you if you think about how big monopoly Monopoly a board game is and it also says that over 70 percent of American households in the 1950s had an Ouija board in their house. So if you think about that back then, how many families were doing this? Like you said, it was a time during the Civil War as well where, you know, maybe husbands didn't come home or, you know, people died and they 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 were desperate to find answers from their loved ones, you know, and they found, they believed they found a device that they could do it. Um, yeah, so. and... You know, I've had people quite recently send me photographs on Instagram because they, again, this is in America, they've moved into a house and they found a boxed Ouija board up in the attic. It's always in the attic, isn't it? (laughs) Yeah, and they've asked me, um, should we use it? Should we get rid of it? What do we do with it? Do you think it's okay to leave it here? And I said to them, well, at the end of the day, that is your choice. But I don't, from looking at a picture, can't pick up any bad or good vibes yeah, you can't from tell a from photograph. the picture can you know but if it's been left up in an attic then it's been left there for a reason so either put it back and leave it there or just get rid of it yeah. but that's entirely down to you I, I think one thing you should never do if if any of you do move into a house and find the ouija board guys don't don't go and give it to a charity shop or anything like that don't try and palm it off because you never know no. if that's been opened or used and you don't want to 
have it on your conscience that you've given something to another family that could cause them distress. Yeah, maybe donate it to a local museum or even to a, give it to a local paranormal group that yeah, you know of. Yeah, so. definitely. And I mean, that kind of leads into some exciting news that we've had recently that we've announced our new partnership with Child and Carb, who is a fantastic, um, basically they make bes- bespoke wood Ouija boards, tables, all sorts. And you've had an item delivered from oh, them before, yes, haven't you? Yes, yes. Um, lovely lady called Emily. Like I said, she does the wood burning. And these are very old pieces of wood that she works with. And she has made me a beautiful light-up pendulum board. And it actually has a fold-down arm on it. So I can interchange my pendulums and hang them over the board um, I'm sure I can get some photos over to Jordan and he can get those on yeah, the I'm website sure. yeah, yeah, because yeah. it is something that we will try out on future events and investigations. But like I said, she makes beautiful tables, boards, planchettes, um, clocks, any sort of item if you want it custom made. And to say that her prices are reasonable, I mean, in this business, it's very very difficult to find somebody that can make custom made bespoke items a high quality like that a high as well. quality that are at a very reasonable price so please check out her website and even if you don't want to use a board you can use these as decorative pieces that you could hang in your home and we'll probably move on to that subject in a bit but if you want to store a Ouija board at home um, I know I personally do it, and I know some other investigators do. I always store the planchette away from the board. Yeah, I, do you want to tell people why that is? Well, the reason I do that is because, one, I don't want the board and the planchette rested on each other. And for whatever reason, I don't want something to come into my home or come through that's then going to start communicating on the board by itself right okay. so storing that planchette separately means for my safety at home nothing's going to be able to manipulate the planchette or if even if i had family or somebody come round, they're not going to go to my my board or my table and they're going to start being disrespectful or messing around with it so i always always store them separately so would you say it's safe? I mean, we're going to go on to a promotion we have on offer in a minute, but if people are interested in getting custom-made, not necessarily board, but like you said, clocks, tables, all yeah. of that, would you say it's safe to have them if it's not been opened or used before? It literally is a piece of wood with charred, uh, sorry, um, burnt-in words. Yes, it's completely safe. Right, yes. Completely safe. Thank you. And for me... Um, I have um, some certain crystals, centrelight, sage, other things. And I always, after every investigation, I cleanse and I bless my board. Yeah. Yeah. So if you are interested in checking out some of um, the work that these guys do, uh, their website is www.chard-macabre.com. I will leave a link in the description below. Um, so if you are interested in getting your own Ouija board, um, but disclaimer, please only do that if you've had training and you know what you're getting yourself into. But if not, and you would like maybe a bit of spirituality decoration in your home, um, she can also do that for you. 
um, and the limited offer we have for you guys as well at the moment is if you spend £50 or more using the discount code ADP20, you'll receive a 10% discount. So please go and check her workout, guys. And as soon as our customer Ouija board that she's making for us arrives, we will be doing an unboxing and a, a video for you all to see as well. And if there's any witches or Wiccans that are listening, she makes some absolutely beautiful altar boxes and altar tables and boards. So let's have a look. Just check her out. Yeah, definitely. Um, so yeah, back to the Ouija boards, Vic. Um, I, I just want to kind of touch on the pulp, the pop culture side of it. Um, I'm sure all of our viewers have, have seen or um, at least heard of The Exorcist. Yes. Which obviously is a very famous film with, I would say, probably the famous scene with Captain Howdy and the Ouija board yeah. and all that in The Exorcist. Um, I mean, uh, again, fun fact for you, the first recorded film with an Ouija board in was in 1944 called The Uninvited. Um, obviously not as mainstream successful as The Exorcist, but do you think The Exorcist was a pivotal turning point in why people give the Ouija board a bad name now? I think so, yes. And I think the scariest thing, because I remember watching The Exorcist when I was very, very young, and I think the scariest thing about all of that for me was it got me thinking about heaven, hell, um, demons, angels. And to think as well that that was loosely based on a true paranormal case in America with an exorcism that was performed on a young boy. Right. So I think that's what made it so scary for a lot of people at the time. And I remember when it premiered at cinemas, people were actually passing out in the cinema. Nobody would seen anything like this before. And the special effects, and I have to say to Linda Blair, her portrayal of Regan... Iconic. ...for a child, child actor, yeah, absolutely iconic. I definitely agree. Uh, like you said, nobody had ever seen something so... Let me put my words carefully Graphic. Here. Graphic and grotesque, I mm -hmm. think would be a good word to say, that nobody had ever seen anything like that before. Um, but like I said, I think that was definitely a pivotal point in society where people saw the film, saw on a Ouija board, saw what happened to Linda Blair in the film and thought, OK, if, if we or any of my family members touch a board like this, this could be the consequence of what happens. You know, I, I could become possessed and, and things like that, which is actually one of our questions a little bit later on. But I think we can safely agree The Exorcist was the turning point for going from an innocent, again, supposedly toy, to a, a dark force to the other side. Yes, definitely. And I think it also highlighted to a lot of people that um, although they even now don't really like to admit it, that the Catholic Church is involved in a lot of these exorcisms and that they have trained people that go out and deal just with these kinds of cases. Yeah, yeah. Again, an, an interesting fact for you, when the Ouija board first kind of came onto the main mainstream media, Christians and the... Um, Christianity faith a lot of them did take part in the Ouija board because right? when it first came out like I said it was a toy it wasn't seemed to be serious so a lot of them did do vigils 
because um, I understand religion and that, but a lot of them had husbands, wives that, like in the war, did unfortunately pass away. And you can't help but be intrigued that, you know, maybe you've got a portal into the other world that can communicate with your loved one. I mean, if that was me, I, I know if someone that I love passed away and someone says to me, hey, Jordan, I've got a I've got an item here that, you know, if if we if you want to do it, we can talk to some someone that's passed away. I, I can't see anyone that would not be intrigued by that. No, no, I can't either. Um, so, yeah, I, I mean, we'll go on to our, our questions because they can kind of leave it, lead into other topics. Um, but again, as as always, I'll ask you the questions, Vic. Um, and if your answers maybe differ from mine, I'll I'll give my opinion as well. But yeah, let's go for it. I love these questions. Questions you guys keep submitting are really really good questions. So please keep them coming. Yeah, definitely. So the first question is from somebody called Colton, and he asks, "Are Ouija boards safe to use?" All right. Well, first, hello, Colton. Thanks for the question. Yes, I believe that Ouija boards are safe to use if you're trained and you know how to use one. Like I said, me and Jordan, we've, um, we've studied, we have diplomas and we have been trained by other investigators um, how to open and close the board down. And I can't state this enough. Don't just go onto a board and then come off it. No. You have to make sure that you open and you close the board down. Because if you do accidentally open a doorway, you don't want to leave it open because that's when things start to happen. And that's why we get called in by people to try and close the doorway that someone's opened. So, like I said, they're not to be taken lightly. You need to use one with respect and you need to know what you're doing. And please, for all you that are listening out there, never, ever partake in a Ouija board by yourself. Always make sure that you have a group of people together because if for whatever reason you do call something out that tries to possess you or tries to do something, you have somebody else there that can help you never ever do a board by yourself and this is one of the, the things that I state to people at events please don't ever do a Ouija board by yourself I've dealt with cases of people that have and they've blacked out they've come to several hours later and then things have started happening in the weeks and months that follow so please don't ever do a board on your own but, but just to clarify, they are safe to do if used safely and the proper precautions are used. Yes, if you know what you're doing and you can open and you can close them and you know how to protect yourself while you're partaking in one, then they're fine to use. And if at any point you think something um, untoward is coming through, you just close it down. So please, you know, don't don't just go on to one. Do your research. Um Go to your local spiritualist church. Do what we've done. Do some, you know, study parapsychology, demonology, all these sort of things. Make sure you know what you're doing before you start playing around with something. Okay, so that was um, 
a great a great question by Colton. So thank you very much, bud. The next one is from Gemma Louise, and she asks, "We've got to be very careful on this subject." But we've got. Yeah. Uh, she asks, "Do do we believe in mediums?" Right. The answer to that for me is yes and no. There are there are genuine mediums out there. I've come across some of them from time to time, but over the years there's also been a lot of fakes out there so again i think you need to do your research yep. if you're going to ask for a medium to come into your home or to do an event with you do your research talk to other people um like going back to victorian times there were a hell of a lot of fakes um some of these mediums would do things like they would cheesecloth in their mouths and then would pull that out for some of those very famous photographs of ectoplasm but it wasn't other mediums would um ingest egg whites and would then regurgitate yeah. egg whites yeah. pretending again that it was ectoplasm um <clears throat> and there was all there's all sort of things that you know over the years people have done to to trick others but like i would say in any field, you're going to get some scammers and you're going to get those that are completely genuine. But again, do your research on somebody. Um, I know a lot of mediums. They they will go out, they will go on cases, they will help people out and they don't charge for their services because they're not in it for the money. They're there to help people. And the, a lot of more genuine true psychics um, I like that, but then that is my personal opinion. Like I said, um, my local spiritualist church, I quite often go there for services and I go there for the mediumship evenings and I've come across some amazing, amazing spiritualists and mediums there that have come out and told me about things that I didn't even know about. I've had to go home and ask family members about a certain name, a certain person that they've spoken to, um, who I never met, who they never talked about. So for me, for somebody to be able to do that, there is something in there, and there are genuine mediums out there. Yeah, no, I totally agree. Yeah. Uh, so my opinion, again, I've got to tread very carefully. I Like you said, I think there's real and there's false people in any field. Um, uh, you know, I, I, I'm my expertise in the paranormal is demonology. I've also been um, quite trained in the parapsychology side of things, which does relate to mediumship and so-called psychics. I would say out of every hundred psychics you meet, only one of them, one out of a hundred is a genuine psychic. I think that they can be quite easily influenced to give false readings. Um, I mean, I'm sure a lot of people, if you're listening, have heard of something called a Barlam Statement, which uh, back in the day, I mean, when you had mediums and psychics at the circus and things like that, uh, they were actually trained to, to read you as a person and kind of gauge off your reactions. So they would say a statement based on your character, the way you looked, the way you acted, you know, if you were shy, if you were confident, 
um, if you dressed outgoing or if you dressed quite smart, they would kind of make a statement about your life that not only could associate to yourself, but you could associate to anyone in the world if you really wanted to. They they could say, you know, oh, you, you've, I know you've got a scar on your left knee. And if you think about it, all the kids that fall over when they're young and probably do have a scratch on their left knee. And you can state all these things and, and kind of link them to yourself. But saying that, like you said, Vicky, I have had an experience with one or two where they've said things to me that I haven't told anybody in my life. And um, they knew every detail of it. Um, and there's no possible way they could have known. They've known things about my family members, which, you know, again, unless you're quite an open person, which, I, you know, I don't really talk about family that much when it comes to work, but they know things about my family, which are impossible to know. Like, I didn't even know I had to, like you said, go back yeah. and check. Um, so I, I think there's a thin line between real and fake i would say the majority unfortunately are fake but there are real ones out there i i, I think it again if we go into the psychology of of the paranormal and things like that it's it's interesting when you think of what kind of personalities mediums are and the frequencies their brains uh dial to well when i say that i i mean Certain people have, and this has been scientifically proven, certain people have more, obviously, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Um, I suppose, active part of their brains than other people. Yeah. So if, if you think of the brain and it's spaced into, you know, 30% here, 70% here and different things like that, depending on the frequency of the person, it, it you know, it, it can depend what kind of channel you're tuned into to if you can see these kind of oh, um, yeah, situations yeah. Th there are some truly gifted mediums out there that have been born with that gift and have then spent many years developing it and for me the true mediums that i have come across over the years are the ones that you get introduced to that you've never met who you don't give out any information to and then they just come over say hello to you and then they just reel off all this stuff yeah, yeah, yeah. about you definitely um that they could never have found out not even by going on to your social media, media. Yeah, yeah, yeah. so yeah there are some very very gifted mediums yeah, yeah i mean the, the red flags for any if anyone's gonna uh, you know spend money on a so-called medium you know if they when you phone them up and they ask for your phone number, your email and, you know, your date of birth and maybe a social media link, you know, it's probably a red flag that they're going to be doing some research on you, right? Yeah, and most mediums won't ask for any of that. They will actually even say to you, don't give me any information, don't give me any names, don't do this, don't do that. Just say yes or no. And if I say something that doesn't mean anything to you, just say to me, I can't take that. I don't understand it. And they will go back and they will ask more from the spirits that they're in tune to so that they can give you something that will validate so that you can take it and you do understand what they're, they're talking about. Yeah. So it kind of, again, links to the parapsychology side of it. When a medium... Um, let's say if there's a fake medium and you've gone to see them and you believe they're real... They build a profile of you when you're there. 
based on like you just said it, it they they can make maybe a statement that can relate to you um from any aspect of your life and re- depending on your reaction that would lead them to their next question and if you give the answer which is either yes i can relate to that or no it's not that just all goes into your profile that they're building of you and by the end of the session they will have a profile of of what they believe you and your life to be and once they have that that's when they can dive into maybe your you know your family and things like that it's a very very interesting and controversial subject as well um, but we've discussed this this point for about yeah, 10 minutes now and, so we'll and, go on to and the it's next a question, debate but... that could go on for hours but at the end of the day like i say it's down to everybody's belief and it's down to the individual to make up their own 100% mind. yeah that i do agree with. definitely 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 uh, so thank you Gemma that was a great question the next one is from Benjamin and again tread carefully but he asks is possession real as far as I'm concerned I'm going to say yes to that mainly because of the cases that we've dealt with I've dealt with yeah. um, again like you said it's a subject that it's a debate that could go on for hours and again it's down to the individual but for me um when you experience certain things yourself then it changes your mind on quite a lot of things like i said when when i first started delving into the paranormal i was very much on the fence i did believe and i didn't believe and i wanted that that little bit of conclusive evidence that would sway my mind sure but had never had it and like i said i've been doing this for so many years now that i have had those conclusive bits of evidence i have seen those things happening and it has swayed my mind so you know yes people can be possessed in my opinion mm-hmm. what about you jordan yeah again i, I would say it, it can be often a publicity stunt by some people um you've got to think of the amityville horror to this day people still talk about that incident, yeah there's right? still a debate on whether that was fake or, or fact but i mean i i've had like you said i've, I've dealt with cases personally uh one case i dealt with was uh, a young girl that messed with a Ouija board very similar to you kind of did a ritual without knowing she was doing it she slit her wrists drip blood over the board um I suppose to be you know edgy I suppose you know you know kind of you know uh and unfortunately she she suffered some really bad consequences she was a, a, a lovely young girl I think she was about 17 years old um, previously no health problems whatsoever because her mum spoke to me about it and went into quite intimate detail um, and since she'd done this this sport her health deteriorated you know her, she lost a lot of weight she reported hearing voices um, she reported things moving in the house um, she actually got diagnosed from from the Ouija board she got diagnosed with split personality disorder um, because there was times she would have, you know, fits where she would talk in another voice and things like that, which has never been seen or heard before. Yeah. Um, and 
it's one of those things that, you know, it, again, we can just discuss and discuss that's so controversial. But, yeah, I, I, I would say it is real. I, I would say it is... But, again, can be easily faked. We can discuss this until we're, we're blue in the face. Yeah, but... it can be easily faked. And some people do have mental health issues as well. So I think it's a very fine line to actually find the difference between somebody who is actually um, having a mental health problem, yeah. problems or are schizophrenic, yes. possibly. Yeah, definitely. Um, but all these things, when you take on a case like this, it, that all has to be looked into. Oh, it has to be taken first. into account. First, you've got to take that person's state of mind and their health into account first before you even go anywhere on any other sort of possession route. Yeah, I mean, obviously, we're not doctors, guys. I mean, the the sad part of this is that if someone does an Ouija board, they have a bad experience and things start to happen, you can go to the doctors and, and, and they if you mentioned what's happened, they would laugh you out of there, let's be honest. If we said, oh, I've I done a Ouija board, I've I done a ritual, and since then, this weird stuff's been happening, a doctor would just, you know, laugh you out of his room, wouldn't he? That is, that is unfortunately, yeah. the, the fact... But you have got to take into account, obviously, mental health is, is a big subject that people are still learning about to this day. So, possession, again, nine times out of ten, I, I would say it's maybe in someone's head or it is an illness. But we have both dealt with cases that we couldn't describe and we couldn't find an underlying medical problem. So, uh, yeah, great question. Uh, thanks, Benjamin. Um, our last question is from Leah. Uh, I think this is best for you to answer, Vicky. Uh, five rules, so top five rules to use while operating on a Ouija board. Okay. Well, like I said earlier, for me, never do a Ouija board on your own. Now, when I do sessions, I always have a minimum of four people. Mm -hmm. So never use it on your own. Always have a minimum of four people. Always make sure you do and that you open the board up. Always make sure that you close the board down properly, and also do some sort of protection prayer or ritual to put that power of the white light around you and to protect you from anything negative coming through. So when you open up a board, um, deny any negative spirits or entities from coming through to communicate with you only ask for positive spirits to yeah. come through um but like i said to me those are the rules like one never do it on your own two have a minimum of at least four people so if somebody does start to get emotional or somebody blacks out there is other people in the room that are there to help always open the board correctly Always close the board down correctly and make sure that you and everyone that's in the room that take, partakes on the board is protected. Yeah, I, I would also add to that, make sure you're respectful as well. Because oh, yes, if you be decide respectful. to, you know, kind of egg the spirits on, you are opening up, you know, your own sort of troubles, aren't you? So I would agree with those five rules. Um, I would also add, you know, please don't go out and buy them unless you do it with a professional. Um they're not a toy, guys. I know they're marketed as a toy, but looking from an outsider's point of view, I can see why people laugh at 
oh, demons, spirits, angels. I, I, I get it. But being in the community we're in, we know it's real. We know we've seen things and it's just not something to be messed with. Um, it kind of leads us to our next point, actually. How would you say... We've both talked about the studies that have been done scientifically. Are, are, are people taking part on the board subconsciously moving the planchette to get answers that they don't even know that they're after? Well, there, there's there been a study that's been done that's been taken place over quite a period of time. And the conclusion at the end of that study was they actually measured people's brain waves. Right. Um, while they were partaking in board sessions and they would swap people around they would ask different questions but um, with some subjects when the planchette was moving there was a part of the brain and brain waves which were kicking off that we wouldn't normally use now we've got you know We've got huge brains, we've got high intelligence, but there is a lot of the brain that we don't actually use. use. Yeah. And there's so much still to learn about the brain and how it works. But these scientists and these researchers concluded at the end of this study that certain people were almost like a form of telekinesis, were subconsciously answering the questions with their mind and moving the board without even moving the planchette without even realizing that they were doing it doing it and again the results of that have been caused quite a bit of a stir and some controversy well, I mean, you in the argue, paranormal world you could argue that are they are they moving this subconsciously because of an influence of a paranormal presence right yes uh, it, again it's such a big it's, it's very, to me it's very very open to interpretation yeah i i agree i i mean another part of the study that said which uh, this part I, I i do kind of actually agree on is that when you're in a situation where someone's using an ouija board you know the emotions of the people in the board it's it's it catches you know people bounce off each other they all kind of link into that same emotion so if they're all scared if if we have someone on the ouija board that's scared nine times out of ten, the rest of the people are going to feel that and become intimidated and become scared. And that's when you kind of get into a negative mindset and that's when something bad usually happens, right? Yeah. Or if everyone's happy, they usually get a happy presence come through on the board. But again, you can argue, is is everyone's mindset, the energy they're giving off, so that lets the spirit use that energy of good energy or bad energy and that's the result of what you get on the board. Um, it, it's a subject that has been debated for hundreds and hundreds of years and there's not been a scientific answer to agree or disagree. Nobody's been able to come up with definitive proof that it's real or if it's not. Um, and I, I don't, I think we'll be here for another couple of hundred years yeah. as well. Yeah, definitely. Um, but yeah, so that is our opinion on Ouija boards, guys. Um, the... The conclusion from this podcast is, one, please don't go out and just buy an Ouija board because you want to be a paranormal investigator. You want to talk to a loved one. As hard as it must be that you miss them, unless you know what you're doing, it is not safe and we do not recommend doing so. Um, the other takeaway is that 
if you are going to um, purchase a board, please have some sort of experience, a little bit of training and some understanding of what you're doing. So that are our two takeaways from today's episode. Yeah, and I would say there are lots of other ways that you can contact a relative that's passed on if that's what you, you want to do. Um, get in touch with your local spiritualist church and go and sit, go and see them. Maybe join a circle, something like that. But there are lots of other ways that you can discover of communicating with spirit that doesn't involve safety. a Ouija board. Safety, yeah, yeah. I, definitely. And like we said, guys, the, the amount of horror cases we've heard, we can definitely just say it's not worth it, 100%. Um, so that's our takeaway, guys. Um, again... If you are interested in, you know, your own custom bespoke tables or clocks or tables that um, can be used for not necessarily spirit boards, but just, you know, holding your teas and coffees. Well, well, yeah, and even stuff, you know, like if you're into Wiccan or you're a pagan, check out Emily's stuff on Charbed Macabre. She does some beautiful bespoke items. It's really worth having a look. Yeah, so I'll, I'll leave a link uh, below, guys, so make sure to check out other work. And uh, also, don't forget, if you spend more than £50 using the discount code ADP20, you will receive 10% off. Uh, so that wraps up today's episode, guys. Um, join us next week. We'll be discussing more paranormal topics. Um, as always, stay safe and look after yourself, and we'll speak to you soon. Bye-bye. Yeah. Thanks for listening, and keep the questions coming, guys. Yep. Take care. Bye. Bye.